0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Oss, along with Michael Parenton, the second season as the Saints Director of Pro Personnel, spent seven years as a Pro Scout, Thibodeau native, E.D. White, and like the rest of the country, Michael, stunned and shocked by last night, and just prayers, and just hopeful and and, and praying for things for Demar Hamlin.
2: Yeah, man, Absolutely. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, definitely DeMar Hamlin, his family, uh, all those players, you know, you just, it was surreal watching that uh, and seeing what went down there. But, you know, you got to commend the efforts of of the emergency personnel down there, the the paramedics, the trainers, um, all staff and and everyone for just handling that situation as best as, as you could imagine. And you know making a difference in in this guy's ability to bounce back so you know keeping that guy in our prayers keeping our whole family in our prayers uh, but certainly surreal
1: yeah football became non football now you played a couple of you know you know played with the jets not extensively but you played and that's what matters and so i feel like players and fans watched it and we all feel the same way but it's different man when you're a player in this game that brotherhood and that, it doesn't matter which sideline you're on, you know, it, it was different from a player's perspective.
2: Yeah, you know, <clears throat> one thing I learned um, stepping out of the player scope and in, into the, you know, a fan life and, and then now into, you know, a work life where this, you know, this is my livelihood and, and this is what I do. And then from coming from a player, like there's so many emotions and so many things that you try to process. Uh, as to what we do every day. And, and it's a blessing to get to do what we do every day. And, and it's a game that we grew up loving and you grew up playing. Um, but there's such a human element to it that you forget about with these guys, with injuries and, and what they're putting at risk every single Sunday. And every time they step on the field and, and, you know, it's and like I said, it's an opportunity to recognize that, but to recognize that they're, they're in the best care and they're in the best hands. And, you know, as quickly as those guys are able to respond to that, like you have to appreciate that. Uh, and what they did. But but certainly as a player, it hits real close to home to know how many opportunities that that, that could have been someone around you or, or you yourself.
1: Let's take a break. On the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints, Radio Network. We are speaking with Michael Parenton, who's the Saints director of pro personnel. And what a Monday, right? I mean, it was Sunday. You go beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And as I said, E.D. White, but also former captain, four-year letterman with Tulane, and, wow, what a game with USC. Down 15, four minutes to play, come back. Biggest turnaround in FBS history from 2-10 and 10, uh, to 12-2. and two. Yesterday must have been a, a crazy day for you.
2: It was, uh, it was tremendous. You know, I've, I've got a close relationship with all those guys over there at Tulane. And I didn't know Willie before he got to Tulane. Uh, I don't know any, anybody personally on the staff. Um, but they're an easy group to like and an easy group to root for the more you get to know them. And, you know, I think this is Willie's seventh year there now. Um, And as he's gone, um, you've just seen the improvement of that program, the improvement uh, in the quality of play and and their ability to understand how to win at Tulane. And, and look, I've played a lot of games, and I certainly know how hard it is to win at Tulane because we didn't win much. So the fact that they were able to do it um, and respond in such a manner, coming out of a two-win season last year, you know, I was displaced when I was at Tulane. where We had Hurricane Katrina. They had the displacement last year. You know, so there's there's so many parallels where I just feel for these guys and I understand the, the trials of that and how unique that culture is there at Tulane um, and the consistency and how hard it is to build that there. It's a special group of people. Um, you know, I love those guys. I was I was ecstatic. Um, we were actually, you know, in the middle of our meetings on, on day after game stuff. And right when we finished, one of them was about the four minute mark of, you know, the game. And I kind of made a comment like, Oh, we're just two scores. You know, we got them right where we want them. And then next thing I know, I'll look and, and we actually have a chance to win it. So the whole staff, we, you know, we had it on the monitor and we're all watching. So it was just a really, really cool experience. Um, to see, because like I said, everybody pulls for those guys. It's an easy group to pull for. I was texting with Ryan Griffin throughout the whole deal, and had a couple teammates that were at the game. And, and Matt Forte and I had talked about it just last weekend uh, about how much we wanted to be at the game, and uh, just like I, like I said, surreal.
1: He's he's no new weapon in this area, but for the country, I got to get introduced to Mr. Spears. Uh, yesterday, and uh, I feel like his college stock uh, skyrocketed.
2: We all we all tell ourselves, you know, when you're a player over there, that you know there's a, there's certain games on your calendar that are going to mean a lot more to scouts and are going to really stand out to scouts. You know, if you play well, uh, it doesn't devalue the other ones, but it just knows you you got to show up on the main stage and in the big stage. And he certainly do that did that. I, I'm excited. Uh, Myself to get to know a lot more about him and educate myself a little bit more about him because I've only followed him and supported him uh, as an alumni, but I haven't really evaluated him.
1: So final Tulane question, and then uh, we'll move on. But it's such an important season because when, you know, I'm I'm old. So in 1998, I was a sports reporter covering that Tulane season, right? They go all the way to the Liberty Bowl, unbeaten Tommy Bowden. But... You know, then Bowden, you know, leaves, while Rodriguez leaves. Uh, but with Fritz staying, I mean, it feels like now consistency, do it again, do it, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat can, can change the the arch, uh, the, you know, the hierarchy of Tulane football.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I was actually, we were, my family was season ticket holders in 1998 season. Um, so I can remember going Thanksgiving Day to see them play Tim Rattay, uh, Troy Edwards and the guys at Louisiana Tech and um, we follow along that that team very closely um, and you know obviously they had the coaching change and all after that and partly I benefited from that going play for Chris Selfo, as as weird of a exchange as that was but um <laughs> you know uh I, and I was on the hiring committee when when we hired Bob Toledo and Jim Harbaugh sat in front of us and we had the opportunity to hire him and he took another job and you know I kept talking in these discussions and we talked about, you know, winning at Tulane, how the next discussion is going to be easier and it's going to hopefully make it easier. And it's some, they've certainly springboarded themselves um, into a discussion now where you hope that players view the program in a different manner and New Orleans is already a great place and the campus is already a great place and, and the degree program, the business school, Newcomb college, all these parts of it are great places uh, that now the football goes along with it. You see the fans. You see the atmosphere that was in the conference championship game and, and now the Cotton Bowl, and it's a completely different experience. Um, so hopefully, you know, they are able to establish some consistency as, as a winning program like you, you see with some of these other programs uh, that have risen over the past couple of years.
1: All right, Saints in Philadelphia. I'm going to kind of work backwards a little bit because of the uniqueness of it it's because you're a former offensive lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. Saints have the lead, twenty to ten. There's three thirty-five left, but you're you have three—I don't know—call I them non-starters. You have three backup offensive linemen mm-hmm. in the game, and they know you're going to run, and they—and yet you you control the ball for the final three thirty-five. That's from an offensive lineman standpoint. That's got to be the best feeling
2: it's a great feeling you know anytime you finish a game in a four-minute situation as we call it where you're running out the clock you know that's a statement regardless of who's in the game if it's your starters your backups especially you but you know let's let's make no mistake here when we have guys on our roster we have to be confident that they can go in a game and function for us well enough to be able to win um, this is not you know college where you've got 85 scholarship players and you're talking about a a walk-on potentially, who's got to fill in. Like, we got 48 jerseys to hand out on game day. Um, So with those guys stepping in, there's a lot of confidence, and there's communication throughout the year, you know, when you're signing guys to the practice squad or when you're elevating guys on the game day, um, and just overall throughout the entire process. If we're just talking about backup-only players, then that's really going to be an anchor on your roster and on your salary cap. So we have to have confidence in those guys, and Josh has performed really well this year. Throck has. Um, you know Trevor and his role, Landon Young, like those those guys have done a great job, and Doug Marone and Zach Streep have done a fantastic job of preparing those guys to be ready to play every single week. And it, it just came down to it, and, and they answered the call, and, and we were able to finish the game against a really good team in a in a really good environment.
1: Coach Allen said last night on the coaches show when when talking about it, he goes, "Well, we ran QB power five straight." times mm-hmm. and he said that was freaking awesome I'm quoting now he said that was freaking awesome and uh I mean it, it is when you run the same place same formation and are successful uh man that's impressive
2: it's 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 a it's a deal um you know and I, I help out in a coach's booth on on game day um, where you just feel the confidence and you feel these guys have an aggressive mentality to to their discussions to say well let's just run it until they stop it you know, we're going to go win this game. We're putting the ball in one of our best players' hands. Um, and we're going to make, you know, let's strength versus strength. Like, let's see if they can stop it and, and let's go win the game. And so, look, sometimes that goes a long way in your locker room. It goes a long way in your huddle that you know what's coming. You still can't stop it. We're going to keep running it. You know, that that's how you, you change culture. That's how you develop winning attitudes. That's how you develop guys knowing how to win instead of hoping to win.
1: Speaking with Michael Parenton, the Saints' director of pro personnel. We, we've talked last year, and I have a pretty good idea. But for those who are, are new listening, uh, beyond you're always scouting the next opponent. So I'm assuming that even on the, the plane, you handed something to Dennis that said, "Here's Carolina." So as part of your duties and responsibilities, give me give give the listeners a sense of what the director of pro personnel's uh, roles
2: are. So. I would say first and foremost our responsibility in my department is we have to know our team and be experts of our team just like just like I told you about the backup offensive lineman like we have to know where our weak spots on our rosters are where our potential holes are uh and what's available to help remedy those problems um so that starts all the way you know after the the Super Bowl we're working on free agency and we have our limited number of assets to do that and then Throughout the draft, we're helping out the college draft process. And then into the summer, anyone who enters the league um, following the draft as undrafted free agents, we're responsible for getting an updated pro grade on those players. So all that is is just developing a database and a catalog of players um, that we could potentially fill to our 90 man roster and ultimately our 53 man roster and 16 man practice squad. And that's constantly being updated. There's new film out there. There's players to be graded. We have new leagues with XFL, USFL, Canadian Football League. Um, So there's always opportunities to to make sure that we have coverage over areas. Um, And then throughout the season, I have a staff of three guys that do a great job. They go out. They'll scout the upcoming opponent the week before we play them, and they'll prepare an advance report of all 53 players on the roster, how the game's going to be played the strengths and weaknesses of the team, statistically how this team outlook is, and we'll communicate that to the coaching staff on Monday. And then on Wednesday, we'll communicate that to the players in an abbreviated form. Uh, And then on game day, we'll assist with any type of operational stuff, helping out with substitutions, uh, if there are any injuries to their roster, who the next guy is, just kind of be in the background if needed. Um, And so our guys do a lot of travel during the fall, uh, spend some time away. You know, We had guys traveling on Christmas Eve. We had guys traveling on New Year's. Um, but they're doing their best to prepare our coaching staff and, and just kind of paint the picture uh, as to what we're about to play and help those guys out, because the X's and O's will take care of most of it, um, but just kind of put a little color to the picture uh, for them in terms of operation, environment, atmosphere, momentum, all that stuff going into the game. And, and then, like I said, from our roster problems, uh, we have to be aware of our roster and constantly evaluating our roster to know where where we can fix it and how we're going to fix it.
1: Well, and what is beneficial is that you also at Tulane you, you have a bachelor of finance and a master's in accounting so because the, the truth of the matter is you're not just out there looking for players carte blanche you got to find you know there's a price tag there's a there's caps there's how do we manage and you and Kai and and, and Jeff I mean that's always I mean it's part of the that's part of the deal you're going to start 2023 probably I don't know they always say 70 million over the cap I mean you're, you're wizards it's doing it but you must that must also be a factor
2: well, you know, Ryan Pace told me a long time ago when, when, you know, as you get into this business and you start asking more questions and trying to, to develop as much as possible, he said, it's an art, it's not a science what we do, you know, so there's no perfect way to get through an off season or to get through a roster, uh, and it's not going to be the same every single year, um, you know, so part of that is surrounding yourself and, and understanding, you know, where we have great people on our staff. Uh, and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Like, I, I certainly understand the cap, but I'm not going to be an expert on it because Kai's an expert on it. You know, he can literally find salary cap in sofa cushions. So, like, I, I truly believe that this is such a great culture and Mickey allows people to do things and be great at what they do uh, without micromanaging him that, that we all have a great relationship and communication to understand, okay, Let's talk about where we feel like we're going to have some problem areas or we're going to want to retain guys, extend guys, let guys go, how we can fill them. Will that be a draft problem? Will that be a free agent problem? And you just got to do your best in trying to answer those. And like I said, it's an art. You're constantly learning, and that's constantly changing because guys are going to get cut. Certain guys are going to get paid way more than what they should. Certain guys are going to get paid way under what they should. Um, and so it's just, you just constantly have to be working and educating yourself on how, on how to fix those problems.
1: So you're up in the press box, you, you guys were not far from us. You're watching and focus only on the Eagles and Saints, but I know there's a television on Carolina and Tampa, and, and at least for me anyway, only because I've watched Tampa do it to the Rams, do it to us, do it to Arizona. I mean you felt like, I mean you just you, you put something else in, in somebody else's hands, it's going to bite you. and I just felt all day that you know, there was never a lead big enough for Carolina.
2: Yeah, and look, they've done a good job of closing out games. Uh, unfortunately, as, as we found out. But like you said, um, the main takeaway from it all is there's opportunities throughout this year uh, that we got to be able to capitalize on. And anytime you're putting, you know, it in the hands of another team, that should never be anything that you, that you want to do, um, you know. And so, hopefully, we've you know this three-game win streak has been big for us. I think we've done some really nice things, and and we've got some young guys that are starting to ascend and. You know that there's been some things that you saw early in the year. You, heard, you hoped that were not trends that ended up not being trends. And I, and I think this team has started to develop a mentality of winning, uh, and a culture that I feel like that we'll be able to carry forward into the next season.
1: Which makes Carolina important, not in, in, in many ways. I uh, mean, you know, not not from a playoff standpoint, obviously for either team. But I mean, for me, eight and nine. Sounds so much better than seven and ten. I mean, so much better than seven and ten. And you finish with that four-game streak.
2: Absolutely. Every game, every you, you know, there's there's the the saying: every game's important, and every week's a new week, and 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 all those things. But you know, we always want to have a one and no mentality, um, and and that's just something that these guys believe in, and and the coaching staff presses on them that you know nothing's for granted i mean if we can go back to to where this conversation started all these opportun- all these opportunities are so unique um, and so sacred that that you know these guys are putting a lot on the line to step out on the field every single week and and to to say that any one opportunity is less valued than the other w- would just be wrong
1: so don't i don't want this to sound disrespectful but be, because you've you've played in some games at Tulane at the end of a season that maybe didn't have you know, kind of those implications like this one does, you know, how, yeah. how does this team get ready for Carolina? What, what, what motivates this team this week?
2: you got to have the right guys in the building, and, that, and that's really what we strive to do as a personnel department is there's a lot of talent evaluations and measurables and analytics and metrics that really, you know, everybody's really sharing the same data there, um, and everybody's kind of evaluating within the same range. But knowing your players and assembling guys that football matters to them, that it's important, that they care about one another, um, and and they care about you know playing the game and they love the game, they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard. And, and you know, it's look, that's an opportunity to evaluate guys. If if guys don't approach it the right way, and if guys don't see it as an opportunity to, to play and get better or possibly make an impression, whether they're going out onto the market, whether they're coming back for next year, whether it's the last snap they ever take, you know, all those things kinda it's it's an opportunity to evaluate those guys and, and see what matters. But we believe that we have the right guys in the building and that's part of our draft process and our free agent process of getting guys who love football.
1: Just a couple more and I, I think that's what Dennis said after the game Monday, which is you don't don't so much build character with guys on the field. You build it by the guys you bring into the locker room. That, that's, yes. that's kind of what you're saying, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, we we value, um, you know, how committed guys are because it – and, you know, you learn a lot about guys through adversity. Um, and, and we certainly – when we were 4-9 and nine and we're looking at, at the rest of our season and, and telling ourselves, you know, we have four more opportunities to get better, um, you know, that's a test to your locker room. And do guys believe in the message that you're sending out there? Do your veterans pass on the message? And do do a great job of setting the example for young guys to understand, like, this is not – we don't like – where we're at in this season and this is not what we're accustomed to as a team and um, you know we do a lot of work and there's a lot of miles traveled by scouts and by coaches and then there's a lot of resources that we use to make sure that that we know the guys that we're bringing into our building um, and that it, it's our type of guys it's, it's new orleans saint um, and so if if things were different and players were to respond differently, I, I would feel like our process would need to be scrutinized a little bit more as to what we're doing to decide on whether or not they're our type of guys.
1: So, why is it you can't sit on a plane? Why, why does why do, why, does Mike, why does Michael Parenton have to stand? Is it just, is that always the way it's been?
2: I just, after a game, there's, there's just so much decompressive just mentally, just getting through the game, processing what just happened, thinking about Um, how the next week's going to be, watching the film, trying to get home, can't wait to get home and see my family. Like, all those things are just to where I'm like, man, I just got to walk around and talk to people and let time pass a little bit faster. And then as we're going there, it's kind of like the opposite, just trying to figure out, okay, you know, how is this game going to play out? What are the things I need to make sure that, you know, I'm on top of for the next week? It's just kind of like my way of passing time to where I I just have never been able to focus on on a movie, on a book, or Music or anything as I'm on that flight. Uh, it's it's just it's just kind of like my my self maintenance.
1: What do you do on a commercial flight?
2: <laughs> Aggravate my wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom again and again and again, <laughs> yeah.
2: and, again and again and again. Why well, aren't you talking to me? Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, you know I think you're right. I mean this this these past three weeks have, have shown a lot of you know, guts, a lot of grit, and uh, one more, and uh, finish out uh, the four-game s- string and and take that momentum uh, into what is already 2023. Always appreciate your time, and have appreciated getting to know you the last couple of years, and continued success.
2: Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much.
1: My thanks to Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, as well as the Director of Pro Personnel, Michael Parenton. A very difficult task today with the sad and stunning events last night involving the injured Buffalo Bill defensive back, DeMar Hamlin. On behalf of WWL Radio and all of the stations along the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network, our prayers and thoughts are with him, his family, and his team. Good night. Okay,
0: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.